You are listening to the Light Over Time podcast with David Sargent and Corey Bartos. It is June 25th, 2023. What a time to be alive. How are you, David? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad. What are you drinking? A Bolivia washed 1800 meters citrusy caramel, a little cocoa, a little floral, uh, kind of all over the place, but it's great. It's zippy. Nice. I am drinking my new guilty pleasure, which is a uh, venti blonde iced shaken espresso. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I just need a little caffeine. It's been a long day. Um, my uh, guilty pleasure for a long time was a caramel macchiato, a venti iced caramel macchiato. Uh, but I would get like, I would tell them like less than a half pump of vanilla. Like I want you to like, like barely spritz it. And then I want like almost no caramel in it. Just give it a stern looking to. Yeah. Cause like I wanted it to be like the LaCroix of a caramel macchiato. Yeah. Like there was a caramel macchiato in the next yeah. room next to my coffee. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but I, I realized like that's like a $7 50 cent. Co- it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. But the chicken espresso, which I wasn't even familiar with until very recently, uh, they just use like the classic, like flavorless sweetener. And then, so it's basically simple syrup and just like four shots of espresso and I assume a milk. And it's it's doing what I wanted from that for cheaper and it tastes better. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, basic. And uh, when you're on the road running errands, sometimes you just got to go to Starbucks. Starbucks. I won't lie. I, I do get an iced chai. I do love the iced chai from Starbucks. I don't get anything else, but the iced chai, it kills. The thing that they do well is that no matter what state or what place I'm at, it tastes the same every time. Yeah. And I'll sure. take it. I'll mm-hmm. take it over Tim Hortons or anything like that. Anyway. Gas station. <laughs> uh, definitely not gas station coffee. Uh, I I have been known to go into like a local diner and ask for a to-go coffee before that. Because yeah, sure. I'll, I'll drink a diner coffee. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. an overcooked like bun, you know giant uh corporate style um yeah gross anyway commercial <laughs> rather um so what have you been working on bud? uh man i just got done with like six what is it seven o'clock so about six seven eight hours of roasting um just took my car to the shop posted a video today i, I watched some that art video. this week did you, you bought, did you watch you it? bought some art i did it was it was I, quite good uh it was a nice follow-up to your last uh yeah. Your last, uh, you know, roasting thing. Obviously, it doesn't really apply to me, but it's an interesting set of insights. Yeah, it's one of those videos that doesn't really do well right away. But like I saw with the the video I referenced, the farmer's market video that I did, probably back in the winter, I can't even remember. That one just grew legs and like every week keeps hitting. So it, it's, it's good for a type of person that's going to find it any time, basically. So yeah. I bought some art this week. Yeah, tell me actually, about that. Last week, um, so I have two different. I like kind of went crazy. I don't. I rarely buy art, and I should do it more. Um, I'll share it with you guys. So the first set is uh, a couple prints from some friends of mine, and they live uh, not too far. And she's got a really great account. Uh, her name's Curia Osterhouse, and they are. I think it's bear. Was it wolf and bear on Instagram? And she's got a pretty good following because she does this really neat artwork. Um, and she stylizes it with lots of different things. This is Link. This is the Master Sword. Um, these are just prints, but she does hand drawn uh, ink and watercolor, I believe. And I just love it. And I've, I've been playing the new Zelda game and lots of nostalgia. So I picked those up. Yes. And then at the farmer's market, same week, I saw, um, I've been next to this artist. Her name is Samantha Hall. And she does colored pencil, uh, basically on like canvas and matte paper and different textured materials. And this is just a print, but she had these, um, these cards, basically, like uh, send out cards. And there was a bundle pack of them. So this is wildlife. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. So uh, belted kingfisher. A fishy, a robin, a squirrel, and this cool ass fox that I, this is like the thing I wanted. And the belt of kingfisher is sick. But this fox, she has a giant 
print of that um, if you look closely, I'll show you, has this um, landscape of trees. It's sick. And like in the 24 or 36 inch print or whatever it is next to her, when you go into her booth at the Boynton City Market, you can see this thing huge. And it's just, this doesn't do it justice. But I, I needed to get something. And she had this bundle pack for like 25 bucks. So it was like basically five bucks a piece or something like that. So I bought this art. And now I got to like hang it and stuff. <laughs> and I've already got it. You can see behind me, I've got stuff in frames behind me all over the place. So I have to, I have to do some rearranging, buy some new frames, all that stuff. But I was just really happy to like actually want to buy art and support my friends and the people around me. And I don't know, felt good about that. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. Um, because next month, end of next month at the latest i think i'll be in my apartment and i've been Ooh. going i'll be i've been kind of going through some of my stuff and uh i have like an old andre 3000 print that my buddy bought me and uh you know i bought some prints from my buddy tyler jackson uh, and i'll link his work because he lives up in alaska and he does some like diving photography and some landscapes up in alaska and that's super cool um <laughs> But I like I almost forgot that these exist and I'm excited because I get to finally frame them and actually have my own space to like put this artwork that I've had forever. And then I won a Sony Alpha print like five years ago <laughs> and it's like a huge like gnarly uh, like landscape photo. Uh, I don't have a frame for it quite yet, but I think I want to get one And because uh, I've never really won anything. I think that was like one of the first things I've won um, <laughs> as like a sweepstakes where you just like sign up to win something. Um Cool. I've won I've won things with my own merits like uh, bowling tournaments and things like that. Sure. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm always down with that. That's always fun. It feels good. I like uh, yeah. I definitely like sharing art. I got uh, I wrote it down, but I'll get the um, like websites or Instagrams from those people, and I'll put them in the show notes if anybody's curious at looking at that yeah, art. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. I definitely dig that fox. My buddy had a a similar style bear tattooed to his arm that had like a a woodland treescape like on the mm -hmm. back of the bear kind of thing and it was pretty mm -hmm. wild uh but right on so just uh outside of that been mostly doing the coffee deal you seemed pretty yeah. busy as it as you said i mean i think you what you shot that video on like the 16th or something but um you've had a string of pretty successful farmers markets yeah it's been good it's been really busy i actually i I roasted mo like seven hours, something like that today. And I probably have another eight hours to go tomorrow to fill up for the next three markets. Um, I've got more coffee on the way and it's just spilling out of the house at this, at this point, but it has been busy with the coffee. I haven't picked up the camera since, uh, we last recorded, I believe. Um, but I've got like 10 images that I haven't posted yet. And I'm really happy, like going back in there looking at them, uh, cause I've been posting a few here and there as I remember and have time. And it's just cool. This morning I posted a shot of the winter wren that I ran into in Detour and it was really awesome. It made me remember exactly what that experience was. Cause the first couple of times I shot the winter wren months ago, back in the early spring, I was kind of, <clears throat> kind of walking up on it and finding where it was, uh, perching and, kind of sitting there calling it with the Merlin app waiting for it. And this time I was just walking down uh, the road, dirt road, and I happened to hear the call and there was only a couple other birds around. And I remember that I kind of stopped in the middle of the road and I just kind of waited there and I noticed it because it flies quick. It's agile. It gets from one spot to the next very fast um, and it's small. So it's a little hard to see unless it moves. So with the big old lens, I'm just sitting there swiveling 360 degrees back and forth trying to get a shot. I finally got a couple and the one I posted this morning is probably my favorite of the trip. Um, and it's perched on this, this branch of a down tree that's in focus. Everything else is pretty much dreamy and, and soft and out of focus. Two trees are right around it. So like the composition is framed left and right with totally out of focus trees. So it's really vertical um, and kind of symmetrical. And I really love it. Oh, yeah. Love that. I, um, I definitely haven't found birds that have been interesting to shoot other than <laughs> at Evan and Hope's uh, place. But I got a got to be around a lot of dogs this week so sure um i i got to shoot this new pup rosie she's like a golden retriever mix but 
what they said she was mixed with, I don't really buy because she looks like she's like either like Borzoi or like Greyhound or like <laughs> she's the lankiest most. It's like me if I was a freaking golden retriever. It's so funny. Um, she's so tall for like no reason. And we have a we have a giant schnauzer in the house, which uh, despite the name giant, they're not like enormous dogs, but they're like decently tall dogs, like bigger than medium. And uh, this retriever puppy just stands like inches taller than this giant <laughs> schnauzer who's like eight years old. Um, mm. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, my friend Jen was out of town, but uh, my friend Evan and Hope were watching the pups and I went over there to the the pool and hung out with them. But I got some pretty nice photos of her pups who I haven't been able to shoot for, I don't even, probably over a year. I haven't been around them, but they're getting pretty old. So I'm trying to knock out like some good portraits of them. And I think I got a couple that I really like. Um, nice. That kind of shows their character and their like mannerisms pretty well. Um, I have not... I did not give back the teleconverter. Oh. Um, I had it boxed up, completely sealed, ready to just get picked up by FedEx. And uh, it gives you kind of like 10 days to to ship it out. And I, uh, I think I'm just going to hold on to it. Um, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I packed it up. It was ready to go. And then just like really let me weigh on if I wanted it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but... I'm hoping to get into some sports stuff. I'll talk about that later, not in this episode, but um, I'm looking at trying to really push um, any contacts I have to be able to to get out there and shoot some stuff that I haven't been able to shoot. So mm -hmm. uh, now instead of being uninspired, I'm just going to get really freaking hungry and uh, try and just shoot some wild stuff. So <laughs> Good. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, more updates. I also finished my roll of film that was in my Zenit for like, I don't know, 18 months or whatever. And uh, I already got my new one loaded up. And I think I'm going to wait to send in the roll until I finish this one. And I'm giving myself until my birthday, which is the last day of July, to finish this roll. Um, fourth oh, wow. of fourth of july is happening and i'll probably get some photos then uh my buddy's coming to visit like mid-month um from new york uh so i'll probably shoot a bunch of film that weekend i think we're going to kind of have like a evan and i birthday party kind of deal because his birthday is july 6th mine's july 31st we'll do it on the 15th and just have like a, a little shindig um but been watching a little bit more film photography stuff that instead of instead of being like how do I say this? I know I, I talked a lot about content last week, but like there's there's film photographers that are getting into film now because it's like the trend and that's what they want to try. And then there's still some people that that's what they've been doing. Um, I, I just was like deep in the YouTube this week and found some randoms that I really enjoyed. Uh, and I don't even know. I didn't even write them down. I think I was just on like a bender the other day and, <laughs> and caught a couple of things. Um, but it, it made me want to made me want to shoot digital more, which was good. I've been shooting a lot this week. And then it really gave me the, the muster to finish that role and then load up the, the other roll of film. So awesome. Uh, I think I think we'll be scooting pretty, pretty good soon, which is nice. Um, getting kind of excited about it again, forcing myself to get excited about it again. So uh, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. With that, I also have a new segment that I want to to start just to kind of uh, reimagined segment. Normally, I would ask you like what you've been watching or anything like that. I've done that a couple of times, but I, sure. I want to start sharing things that I just think don't suck. And uh, I got a couple of links in the show notes to some videos. Um, I found this YouTuber has probably less than 300 subs. Um, name is Evan Monsma, and the the video caught me because it said my zero dollar camera rig, and so I was just curious. I was like, okay, it had like a nice thumbnail or whatever, and uh, it's it's shot kind of goofy, but it's it's a really it, it was what I was asking for last week. It was like somebody who instead of just doing like a gear video told you an entire damn story and actually shot it like it was telling a story. So you didn't just get like a, this is a camera that I've had, and then this is what I did with it, and then this is the blah, blah. It was, it was nice. And this person doesn't have, I, I think, 
that kicked off. I think I just saw that they did a like thousand sub um, live stream or whatever. Um, but not very many subs. Very cool video. Uh, that's my, my zero dollar camera rig by uh, Evan Monsma. Check that out. That that filled me with great delight. Um, Was he digital or film? Uh, d- like digital videography. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, videography. Cool. And uh, so uh, I don't want to give it away, but basically the zero dollar rig is this old broken camera that was their first camera and basically like rigged it up, kind of fixed it up and made a little kit to go down and shoot uh, at like the Indianapolis, like motor speedway or something like that, um, if I remember correctly. And uh, the footage was just neat because it's like old, but some of the shots were like kind of kind of cool. It was vibey. It just did All a right. thing. It was enough that like I kind of... What I've been wanting is to, like I said, click on a video and then just like not multitask and just like watch the video and actually mm-hmm. be enveloped by the video. And it just, you know, obviously it helps that I'm looking for that kind of thing, but I'm glad something something worked God, out. God, that, that is something I have an issue with lately because I've been so busy. I feel like I'm not, I'm not consuming any content for its value and I just have it on and I'm missing it all, even yep. though I think I'm getting it i'm listening to a lot of it and i'm hardly even listening because i have to like listen to coffee roast because that's part of the process so i'm feeling like man you're making me want to like sit down and just but oh god it's so hard to find even 15 minutes to do something like that these days i I don't want to say i'm like ready for winter but i do miss some moment some like a couple hours of just like i don't got anything to do i'll watch some videos and chill i don't have that right now yeah, I feel you. I'm trying to be really intentional instead of like just kind of doom scrolling for like three hours one night. I try to be productive and do things and then go, mm. okay, I'm going to click like three videos, open three tabs, and then like watch these three videos and then go back to do pr- productive things. That's and nice. uh, that's helping quite a bit for sure. Yeah. Um, another one, I, I do kind of doom scroll shorts still because it's helpful for work and I'm just trying to like. Okay. stay up to date with things but there was this video yeah. uh, a ceramicist made um, and I'll link that below too it's a short where it's basically people don't care about the final product like people don't care about the artwork and he goes on to talk about how he doesn't post final artwork of his like ceramics because nobody really cares and it's just like about you know the process and people just watch wow. him like make stuff and uh, there's a couple of things that, a couple of mechanisms, I think, in that that I've experienced or witnessed that lead me to, like, kind of understanding probably where his viewership is at. Like, I had a friend um, who really, like, there's these soap videos that she watched all the time, right? And uh, it was just, like, cutting soap. But it was just, like, it was one of those things that, like, I'm just, like, in between tasks and it was just, like, ASMR style. Sure really tactile videos videos of that exactly i know what Um, you mean yeah and i assume that's probably what people are getting from like watching somebody on a like spinning a potter a pottery wheel yeah you know with like a wire and like cutting out stuff and just like working with clay right they probably it's probably a really tactile asmr style thing for them um but it leads me to another point that I I have in my Mila note notes for like my own creation stuff, my stuff at work and things forever is and people who are very successful in creating content have been saying this for years, but it's like people care about the process. People need to see what the process is. It's it's sometimes not at all about the final the final thing you're working on, but they're there to see like to be taken on the the road with you and the the journey to where you get um it's partially why people really like documentaries because documentary is basically all the process, right? Like <laughs> mm, it's yeah. uh, there's something inherent that like, I just think people really connect more with rather than just seeing like really pretty stuff or really like incredible shit, right? Like you can go watch earth or whatever, all the David Attenborough stuff on Netflix. If you just want like the most stunning shit you'll ever see. Cause I'm never going to compete with like David Attenborough documentaries, right? Like, that's that's a probably a multi-million dollar business of you know those guys being in real wilderness catching like snow leopards doing wild shit and like yeah um, so it, it's just reminding myself that 
instead of just trying to make like good perfect stories narratives things like that it's like i got to bring people on the on the journey a little bit more especially with stuff at work even um, there's a lot of room for that i think that's one of the reasons why i love stories so much is i it doesn't have to be polished it you don't even have to be coherent really <laughs> you can I mean, Instagram stories and I mean, I think that's the only place I post stories, to be honest. Um, if I'm out shooting, it, like, you know, you're not going to see the final product because I'm still out there. Like, it's current. It's the moment I post that, that's what I'm doing. And it goes on for 24 hours. And maybe I have the image edited by the end of that 24 hours. But if you're looking at a photographer or a videographer's story that's current, you know you're not going to see that work soon or you can assume you won't. That's part of the process. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I love using stories so much. I'm like daily posting or consuming stories because it's like I'm not viewing the super polished thing at the end of the road. I actually I, I love being part of that process or seeing part of the process of whoever I'm interested in viewing. So I totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love stories too. I've talked about it in the past that like, I think it's one of the more interesting social media like mechanisms. I don't use Snapchat or anything like that because I'm a 30 year old man, but yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Instagram stories is, is the sauce. There's, there's people that I've met like IRL, but I, I wouldn't say I'm close to or like really like friends with, we're just acquaintances at this point, but I like follow a bunch of their life just through what they post on stories. Um, and yeah. it's, and it's there's like i don't know probably like maybe less than a dozen but a, a good handful of human beings that like when i see the little colorful ring around their image at the top of my stories i'll almost always just instantly click on it um, um while we're on the topic of instagram uh, can i just say a couple of weeks ago i told you how neat this new channels feature was i've grown to hate it so much no? <laughs> the channel i don't know if you are in any like if anybody's invited you it's kind of rare but it builds on itself to the point where I've had almost every week a new content creator is inviting me to their channel. Like in the Instagram messages, there's this feature. If you haven't seen it before, it's called channels. And basically it's this like the creator is the only one that can post anything. And it's kind of like this private lobby where anyone who's invited can see the message and it's links or it's images or it's videos, whatever. Um, and it basically is like this secondary feed that you can enter into if you're invited. It's just extra clutter now. Like at yeah. first I was like, ooh, cool, like secret society type thing. And now I have like 10 that people have invited me to. I, I hop in and then it's like, okay, I could have just seen this on your profile. I could have seen it in stories or anywhere else because yeah. they're just posting things that they put. It's like a reminder. Hey, hey, look what I posted. Not like let's have a conversation about something off you know on the side um people aren't really using the way the ones i've been invited to people aren't really using it in a way that's got me interested and i'm about ready to just get rid of them all because it's just extra clutter i don't even care anymore yeah um i have i have a buddy who kind of set one up and it's not it's not the worst thing i definitely get it but it's uh, so if you haven't seen it or used it, it it essentially just manifests as like a dm thread yeah. But you can't reply to it, and it's just the creator posting stuff into it, and a bunch of people could see it. Um, you can react. You can, you yeah, can hit an emoji right. but, reaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think with the right um, – I don't know if you do <laughs> if you handle it correctly, like, and you, there's ways to make it pretty cool, um, but it's it feels like how I wish people would use Discord more. Um Sure. Because that's kind of like a Discord thread to me. Um, there's a couple of Discords that I still am pretty active in. And uh, it's essentially like if you're in a Discord thread where only the admin can post stuff to. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just such a better thing in a place. I'm, yes. I, would, I would love to get off Instagram. I Every week it breaks again where it has like I have a notification that I can't get rid of in one of my mm -hmm. messages. And it's just like, hey, you have a message. I'm like, no, I don't. I, I still don't have one. Um, there's I like three bugs for me that have been ongoing for years. I don't yeah. know why the bug where you send me a video in DM and I can't watch it. Like what, that is some simple functionality that 
basically yeah. works 10% of the time. Yeah. Like you said, the notification thing, um, a couple of like drafts, screw making a draft. They oh, never work. For I, me. I tell everybody not to do that. Not even waste your time. Um, what's really frustrating is uh, randomly it like reposted a photo like Evan tried to send me in April. And so for the last like four days, it's just been telling me that he sent me a photo and there's no, you can say like filter by unread, but it won't just take you to the message that's unread. So I had to scroll painstakingly to my friend who we send memes all day, almost every single day. And I had to get down to April 5th. And then I had to reply to him and say, hey, I can't open this for some reason. Can <laughs> yeah. you unsend it to me? And then he, and then I had to tell him it's around April 5th. And then he had to scroll all the way back and unsend it. So that was stupid and painful. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't really feel the love when it comes to posting photos. Uh, it's stressful for work. And I'm trying to, I, I have to get work off it because they are not firearms friendly at all. And my, my business is suffering by like needing to tiptoe around it. We just did a huge giveaway and like they nuked all of our posts. We got almost no entries. Wow. Um, so it did, it underperformed by like 90%, um, like of what I wanted it to do and what it should have, frankly. And then, uh, I had some friends who are prolific in the, um, community ask, Hey, so if you, uh, didn't do this giveaway, cause one of the ways to get an entry was just tag a buddy on the post, right? Like, mm -hmm. like you've seen super easy. Um, we allegedly have 145,000 followers. Ain't nobody see it. Uh, so dumb. And a bunch of people just said, Oh, I didn't even know they're doing a giveaway. And I had been posting about it for three and a half weeks. So like, it's just trash. It's just, I don't like meta, um, Facebook is busted uh instagram is busted it's all just garbage and uh there's no there's unfortunately no like i don't know you have twitter and that's also not great so right i guess i just gotta buckle down and just do youtube and hope to actually i don't know it, it's worse for photography obviously but here we are yeah that's tough that is really tough so i fun. will tell you I, I follow the page and i haven't seen a thing either so i can tell yeah. you that dumb uh i will also add i had one more to things that don't suck i haven't watched this yet but i've been eager to watch it and it's been in the making for a long time mark bone if you're unfamiliar the art of documentary on youtube uh documentary filmmaker shares a lot of great info on like making features and they do like a really sick workshop and uh i've been a part of their like little film fest that they do where they share all the students like documentaries and stuff i've watched that and they're quite good um, they put out good stuff, but Mark Bones chase it from the south. It's like a tornado documentary. Um, it's on his YouTube channel. I'll link it below. Uh, it's like 24 minutes long, but I'm really excited about it because he had like full access to like real tornado chasers and did this whole thing over the course of like I don't know, it had to be like a year or something. Um, it's been in the works for a long time, but uh, if <laughs> nice. you're looking for something kind of neat, kind of short, could watch while you just drink like your morning coffee or whatever. Um, yeah. Mark Bone's uh, Tornado Doc just released, I think, either yesterday or the day before or today or something. Uh, nice. pr pretty good stuff. Um, love Mark Bone's work. Uh, would love to potentially take their course one day, honestly. There's a lot of valuable info. Um, but yeah, pretty cool stuff. All right. Try to fit it in. Yeah. Um, it is. Okay. I'll just look at the time. So I have, I have a couple of gear and review rumors, but... Uh, I guess I'll start with, uh, oh, I got news too. Okay, I just I just skipped over it. So um, DP Review was bought by Gear Patrol. Um, yeah. I'm not super familiar with Gear Patrol, but they talked about it on the Petapixel podcast, and there's some info about it they're going to be acquiring. And so the DP Review reviewer guys, um, at least the data collection and stuff, will still be happening, um, and that's pretty cool. Uh yeah, it I, is. I don't think anyone's mad about that. As long as they continue to do what they've always done, there's going to be value there. Yeah. Um, I, my question is, has any of this shakedown made them think that the formula needs to change for them at all? I, my, I'm curious if they feel like uh, the, the clock is ticking on their value. And I wonder if anything is going to change from the writing, the writing team that's left there. Oh, I don't know. I feel I, I 
assume it'll be integrated somehow with it's going to be DP Review doing their like scientific testing and then Gear Patrol yeah. is probably going to be doing it's going to be some of their writers I assume maybe I don't know I didn't look into it a ton but it's exciting um, Chris and Jordan are obviously staying at Petapixel um, yeah. I've been really enjoying their videos and uh, yeah I guess uh, we'll we'll see what happens but at least that will still be a resource and it'll be it'll be a, you know onward yeah, um, that's about all we can say. Um, I have never heard of Gear Patrol, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, I looked at their site. They, it appears that they have a pretty widespread, uh, like, is it like tech subject, all over the place? Yeah, it's, it seems like it's a it's a lot of different tech stuff, and sure, um, they seem to have the post frequency of something like Petapixel, so they're doing like articles yeah. and articles a day and whatnot. Yeah, but eh, it's good to know. It's cool to see. Um, sure. Uh, but I'll I'll put a, a link to that stuff down there below as well. And uh, the Petapixel podcast this week, they talked about it and whatnot. Uh, they actually recorded an episode and then went back that evening to get together and re-record part of it so they could talk about it and put it in the episode. Oh. So, um, yeah. so they have some insight there. Cool. Um, uh, an article I saw on Petapixel that was really interesting. I haven't read all of it. I just wanted to use it as a prompt to see how you feel about it because we talk about AI so much. But uh, the... the title was basically a, a UK law could mean that AI generated images and videos must be labeled, um, which I fully support in terms of like, you're looking at an online article or it's, you know, you're trying to use an image to state something. Um, it's really easy to grab like that image and a really gnarly title and then just exactly what i'm doing with this podcast right now just taking the freaking title and the 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 subject and saying hey look at the, did you see this um that's really detrimental when it's about you know politics or you know mm-hmm. world news so <laughs> yeah uh we talked about this i i believe i voice this exact well not exact but very similar thing what i wanted to see happen you know, early on when we first started this podcast, we were talking about it a lot. And I remember saying um, that, in my opinion, I would like to see AI, not just AI created content, AI manipulated content, basically content that has anything to do with AI integrated in any way needs to be labeled in some way. And But I think what I said was more along the lines of it needs to be in some kind of metadata format um, such that when it's downloaded when it's put somewhere that these things can be found by someone not necessarily uh outwardly expressed presented wherever it is but so that if someone needs to know whether it is or isn't it can be made known quickly um i don't know ai labeling may be too general i would like to see exactly how it could be integrated per the law there I'm not sure if you have details or not, but that's my first question is yeah, how I, might it? I don't. I just, yep. I just wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think totally, uh, totally in support. I, I think it absolutely should. I, I, I think there needs, there needs to be a, there needs to be a lot more accountability when it comes to online journalism and stuff. And there's almost none. Uh, photojournalism is essentially not real anymore and <laughs> it's just frustrating. So uh, yeah, I like it, that this is at it, least happening somewhere. It's definitely a step in the right direction because, I mean, I, the thing that comes to mind is there's going to be organizations that, for example, that Drake song that isn't a Drake song, that is a huge hit online. Um, it is made a lot of agencies angry because it's gotten mm-hmm. so big. And labeling on its own isn't going to do anything um, there's, there's more that needs to be taken for things like that. If you're not familiar, there's a song that uses AI's AI to mimic Drake's voice. I'm sure you've heard it, but you may not have known it was AI. Uh, it's a great song, <laughs> unfortunately for Drake. Um, and they have every right to be angry because they're using his likeness, his voice, uh, or what sounds like his voice. And like I said, labeling isn't going to be enough when it comes to, Hey, you, this is basically my voice, and y'all need to pay up. Type yeah. of situations. So, well, yeah, for this sure. Is a step in the right direction, uh, but you know, there's more to do. Yeah, I um, I just, 
I, I definitely see a lot of radicalized posting and bad journalism. So it's just so frustrating. Oh, that yeah. We're, we're getting yeah. so close to like the images of Trump being like arrested and stuff being yeah. it's going to be pretty easy to fake pretty wild stuff. And it should yeah. be it should be some type of illegal to spread misinformation. Oh, you'd think so. Like it should you should have some kind of punishment if you're like radicalizing people with like in like okay i put i put its parody in like a five point font at the bottom of you know 20 20 pages yeah i i just don't like it um it's disingenuous and unfortunately yeah. for uh most humans most humans are stupid right um because they are willfully ignorant and they just don't care to do their own due diligence and that's fine if they want to live like that but like it hurts it hurts others yeah it's like um, but it also really, really where's bad. the consequences where so, if you yell fire at a yeah, movie theater right um, similar type of thing yeah but i'm pretty sure that is super illegal like i think that's probably right. like a misdemeanor or something that's what i'm saying that like but when like, do you yeah, equate that yeah 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 right. i should abs there should be accountability for spreading stuff like that willfully Right, um, right. Because it's got an impact. It with, people, you know, some people are going to listen to yeah. that. Yeah, intent is important, and it's how yeah. most laws are written. So it could be at the discretion of like the executive bodies that are dealing with the you know the problem. And uh, yeah, Th then we'll get into freedoms and liberties and stuff. And basically, like I just don't think that uh, humans are coordinated and smart enough to to be truly free to do whatever they want uh <laughs> yeah. they're menaces to the universe um <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah anyway that was uh that was it for the news that i have but it's it's always always fun to see uh just the world is being impacted so heavily by ai right now it's so crazy um i used it today actually for my thumbnail for that video um or oh, yeah? was it last night i don't remember i used uh, photoshop's generative fill to stretch out my you know you know that's it's ai right you know I, the image i pulled from my video was part of b-roll and i needed it to be much much wider on the right side than what i because i kind of centered my frame and i was like man i want me way on the left and a bunch of empty space on the right and i used generative fill to basically fill in like 30 40 percent of what wasn't there just created a bunch of more grass and trees and sky that you could not tell super yeah. good and it was so quick that's helpful yeah, stuff yeah i'm looking at it right now it looks pretty good it's very good for thumbnail generation i i use it for like i said thumbnails and uh, like flyers things where i yeah. need text all the time <clears throat> uh, yeah. pretty, pretty wild stuff uh so I assume you watched some content about the Nikon 180 to 600. I actually did not watch anything, but I did uh, on the way to my last farmer's market, listen to Jared Pullen's podcast. Cause I do where they talked about it. Sounds nice. So, and it's great price. Sounds like a nice lens for a great price. So did you not hear about the 70 to 180 F2.8? Uh, I think he br brought it up briefly, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, well, there's nothing really about it yet because it was just okay, like yeah. a, it, it's like a, but this is coming out too, kind of with this announcement. Um, they can't really talk That's about it yet. Interesting. Um, if there's not much to talk about, is it? It's not S line, right? Because that's already out. That seventy to two hundred two eight is an S line, and that that's definitely out. So this is yeah. what like a cheaper variation of some kind. Um, I, I, just Nikkor Z, whatever I think. Um. I don't know how much they they have about it. Yeah, maybe. Oh, is it? Wait, it's for pre-order already too. Um, so I guess it's for pre-order, but they don't have. Yeah, so it's just a Z line. It's not an S, uh, S lens. Line. Sure. But, yeah. But it's one thousand two hundred and forty-six dollars. That well, is. Oh, it's cheaper than I. Th oh wait, the, the one eighty to six hundred was sixteen something. So that's very interesting. Whoa, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. So it's it's small. It's like quite a bit smaller than the seventy to two hundred. It's seems... still two eight. Is this a Tamron design? Isn't Tamron doing stuff like this? They definitely do something like this. But we talked when I was talking about uh, my initial looking into the system that uh, Nikon's doing a lot of those similar designs, where they have like the seventeen to twenty eight, and they have the twenty eight yeah. to seventy five. 
And so they have this 70 to 180 to a, it's tiny. It can still take a teleconverter. And uh, it's less than 1300 bucks. That's huge for yes. their system. Yes. That's massive. Like, if I was going to a new system, I would probably just get one of those and they're uh, that's a good to go. <laughs> I would get yeah. a new body in that freaking lens and I'd be able to do, you know, 90% of what I'm doing now. I'm curious if something like the 7200 that they already have that's much more expensive. I mean, are they putting where if it's if it's Tamron made and not Nikon made, we can probably assume the optics aren't as good. But it's man, not kind of, if you it's don't care kind of, that much. Yeah, I don't know. I well, th that's what I'm curious about is because I've been hearing that Tamron manufactures and rebrands some Nikon lenses just with the Nikon name on them. So I'm not sure exactly what their relationship hmm. is regarding manufacturing. But man, that price is good. Yeah. Wow. That price is stellar because it's still a two eight. Like, I would yeah. rather I would rather lose twenty mil on the long end, which is quite a bit. Like. From 180 to 200 is quite a bit on the long end. But if you were an old Nikon DSLR shooter and you had their 70 to 200, that thing already was like 70 to 180. They're really I high think end. Most one. people would drop that for a thousand dollar savings. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, like, and like I said, the the high end one for their DSLRs, it never was as long as Canons or Sony's. It was yeah. always like you can watch a Jared Poland video where I think he compares them, and it's like, is it? It might be Jared or it might be uh, Tony. I think I saw it with Tony. Yeah. yeah, but like, isn't that crazy? Like, okay, yeah. so I'm losing That's nothing. Wild. I still get a 2.8. I'd still always rather have a 2.8 than a 4. Um, and if it's actually that much smaller, man, that's pretty enticing. Like, I wonder if that's going to cannibalize the, the other 2.8 a lot. I doubt it. I mean, I they haven't said it. Uh, there's got to be weather sealing differences, build quality differences. It's going to probably be plasticky like the Tamron. There's going to be yeah, all of probably. the pros that will still get the, the bigger one. Like, that's just going to be the way it is. Um, but there's going to be a lot of people that are, like, more prosumer and, you know, just yeah. doing stuff that's going to knock this out. Especially if you're going to already pair it with a 180 to 600. Um, that's yeah. That's huge. Right. I say that, but we have been saying, or I have been saying Nikon needs a, a much more bolstered lens lineup to really pull people back. Now that the Z8's out, yeah. this, this, this lens, the, the, what is it, the one, 180 to 600, that's going to yeah. be an amazing lens. And what was the price? 16, 1599, something yeah. like that. That's a great price too, yeah. because that's um, not too far from Sigma DGDN territory. So you're, if, you're in like this price range that doesn't seem like it should be first party, but if it is, you're getting great glass for not a bad price. Yeah. You could, you get a body and you spend, what would that even be? That would be essentially $3,000 for 70 to 600 for wildlife. You're done. Like bang, bang. Yeah. You're in on a wildlife kit. That's probably like excellent. Um, it's not the fastest, but it's, again, it's a, a sub $1,700 lens. That's five, six to six, three has five and a half stops of VR. Like it's, it looks solid. Yeah. That 180 to 600. I do remember, I think I read a little bit about it, that it has a similar, uh, faux macro function as the Sigma DGDN, which oh, if that's true, makes it a really diverse lens to use. Yeah. You guys know, yeah. I use that thing all the time for close up stuff at the like 180, 190 millimeter range. It's a lot of fun. It also goes to F32 to F36, which is oh, wow. insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's cool STM autofocusing. It's going to be pretty decent, pretty fast. It's going to be a oh, great yeah. setup on a freaking oh. D uh, or Z, Z8. And the other thing I heard was that it has a really short throw, which is kind of handy. Because yeah. the Sigma does not have a short throw. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild stuff. Big fan. Um, yeah, that is great. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna really start seeing Nikon take off by the end of this year. Um, it, they just gotta whatever the Z6 lineup is, if they can jump into the A7 IV territory, uh, and just like just the right amount of stuff, get their autofocus pretty okay. They're right at the edge of just being right with the top cameras, which is awesome. Um, like I had been hoping and saying that I hope they do for a while. So um, right. you love to see it. Um, there was some interesting uh, confirmations out of China this week because Sony China had uh, registered two 
new cereals or whatever um, or SKUs, and okay. one is almost assuredly the A6700, which I think we just got like two more weeks and we'll be able to hear about that. Um, but then the other one they're saying is probably the A7C2. Um, they're both they're both high quality um, or high quality uh, high end because it has the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz um, wireless card in it, and that's generally uh, tied to higher end cameras. Um, based off what they're saying, it's usually three and a half to four and a half months after the registration happens that you'll hear about it. So we'll probably hear about the a7c2 this fall looking like october um which makes sense for how sony normally drops cameras um pretty exciting i don't know what to expect anymore i'm still kind of eager to check out this a6700 i hope they can make it almost prosumer in nature i'd be really really stoked to have a second body that i can throw you know i have a 20 mil to a 20 to 70 so like that's plenty wide on an APS-C body for a, a B camera. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really, really kind of vibing. If I can get a, a new body under two grand, that's like pretty damn solid. Um, it'll be really nice with the teleconverter and the 70 to 200, obviously. I'll get tons of reach there if I need it. Um, it should be pretty fast. It should shoot yeah. 4K 120. It could do everything that I need. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, be interested in that A7C2 as well. I know I just got my A7C, but... If they somehow add a joystick, a thumbstick, and a an active stabe, I'd be interested. Yeah. For, well, I, I mean, that's that's a lot to ask for that little body, and there's got to be some compromises because they've got to have some differentiation. But yeah, well, it'll at least get you to video specs similar to the A7 IV, which is going to sure. be like I I can't imagine it won't have S Cine tone, um, right? And stuff like that, which is super nice. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I assume it'll probably still only have one card, but I think I care about that a little less now than I used to. Yeah. Because um, I would just grab my A7 IV if I required two cards. Yep. Um, it's it's exciting. I'm really, really hopeful that we'll get a cool, solid APS-C sensor camera that has, like, full pro controls, i.e. joystick and, you know, all the, jo all the dials. Um, you put that in basically an A7C body feeling pretty good i hope it has two card slots it probably won't uh you get a lot of room with an aps-c sensor though so maybe they can figure it out and uh i feel like they would do it with that that one not the a7c2 right but i feel like the 6700 they would do it yeah um and i hope so because i i would i would really enjoy that especially if it's just like that much that little bit more smaller dude i would just take that everywhere um my 35 is now a 51.4 and i can just live my life with my 35 mil and <laughs> that, freaking... that lineup is rangefinder style too right yeah yeah yeah, yeah i thought so okay. so um which i don't super love but uh yeah i it's probably not gonna have a joystick i really 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 <laughs> hate touch screen moving the Me autofocus too. point and i'm i just i don't like letting a camera i get so frustrated being in like zone or wide area focus um because i always know what i want my focal point to be I almost always want to be in like small, basically there's no real single point anymore. So it's like the small area focus. Right. I switched to that all the time. Me too. And it was so slow and clunky on the A6500. Um, I never used for a, a long duration the 6600. So I don't know if they ever made it better on like the most high end one. Uh, mm. But it wasn't any better really on the A6400, which was slightly newer than mine. Um, sure. But yeah, so I if the colors are not a mess, which I actually think it'll it'll probably have the the FX thirty sensor, right? So awesome! <laughs> it's yeah, supposed it's, case, it's supposed sure. to have that twenty six megapixel sensor. So like, I assume a Cinetone. I don't even need S log, man. Just give me give me a Cinetone, and uh, and uh, we'll be we'll be cruising. I don't need anything so is, anything crazy. Is that to say that A1 users are not going to see an A1 Mark II this year at all or hear anything about it if that's all that's been registered so far? I think Sony probably couldn't sell an A1 right now after how how dirt they did all the A1 users. So I I would be surprised if they were to try to 
jump on another $6,500 camera. Um, <laughs> I'm still seeing people pissed that they don't have like breathing comp and stuff on an A1. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. bananas. Um, I'm way less pissed about it now because I just kind of stopped caring, thankfully. It took me like four months, but um, <laughs> but I, it's just it's so lame that that's the, th- the case. So like, I wouldn't go ahead and buy their next high end, even if it had some six specs, because I'm like, oh, we're going to get a freaking ZV camera that has all of these specs in like two months. And uh, yeah, and I'm not gonna get my six thousand dollar camera updated ever again. So yeah, yeah, you're probably right. We're probably not gonna even hear anything until next year, and yeah. it's gonna be due probably next year because that camera's been out for a couple of years now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're gonna see any of the major line cameras the rest of this year unless they announce it end of the year for the beginning of 2024. Um, I. I would love to hear a rumor that the A7S4 is actually going to be a thing because I would probably not get a 6700, but um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I don't expect that either. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to see what the hell Fuji's doing. They're kind of slow. They did the XS20 and they haven't really talked about anything. They're just like still rolling out the XH2s and the, the X-T5. Um, no, yeah. no major lenses, no really, uh, really anything. Well, they're kind of, aren't they kind of having a hard time manufacturing even older cameras to keep up with or- orders that people are putting in? Well, yeah. Cause they had like 70,000 SKUs when you I have like, they're too worried about it <laughs> when you have like 78, uh, different camera that the, I don't even know what the parts look like. Like that's gotta right. be chaos. So I, I think they're paring down and they're getting to a point where it's less crazy but um yeah i don't know just just gear board as always and uh sure. want to see some crazy news happening need some big releases um yeah. other than like the new macbooks and stuff i i i'm not ready to just jump and spend all my money on that stuff so did you hear about the the auto capture controversy between the z8 and z9 i have not no are you familiar with auto capture nope. feature on Z9? Uh, essentially, I, I, I've, obviously I've never used it, but what I know of it is there's a few settings in the Z9 that allow it to automatically capture photos and I think maybe trigger video, but I could be wrong about that based on certain criteria. Um, I believe motion and you can like change mm. uh, some settings in there to detect it a little differently. So like if something comes in front of the camera based on certain criteria, it'll automatically capture a photo. And in all the original marketing for the Z8, they marketed this auto capture feature was coming to the Z8. And recently they edited the YouTube video with the YouTube video editor to cut that out, that it is no longer coming via a firmware update. And it's disappeared from all the firmware or uh, all the advertising, all the marketing for the Z8, which is interesting, right? Because um, you've been able to put in pre-orders for the Z8, and if it's marketed that this thing is coming, how dangerous? Well, like, what's the? This is some some kind of precedent that's going to be set, right? Like, oh, features are coming for this. Yeah. Put your pre-order in now, because how cool is that? Right. And then cut that out. I wonder how much more we're going to see of that kind of behavior from some of these companies. Yeah, I wonder. Like, because there's, I don't know that, like Sony has given the FX30 120 yet, maybe? I think that was the one that they announced that was going to get it in a firmware update. Like, Well, Nikon's done this before. Well, sort of. I'll take that back. It was the CF Express Type-A, I believe, for the D850. It took mm. them like four years. But mm. for the entire lifespan of the D850, they promised it was coming. They promised, they promised. The, um, what is it, the X- XQD card? Yeah uses the same slot and right. it, through a firmware update they said oh we can make that work and it took them a long time it, p- pretty much the end of the life cycle people forgot people just gave up that that was going to be a thing people switched to sony switched to canon mirrorless like was a thing and by the time that nikon dslrs were just about dead in the water they were like hey here it is or five years later whatever Sweet. so we got it but I mean, is that worse four years later or what, however long than them promising it's coming and then cutting it out 
probably while many, many, many people pre-ordered the Z8. How many people Maybe. care about that feature? Probably like one uh, percent. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, that feature sounds stupid. So like, I guess <laughs> I don't, I don't really care at all. Well, it's okay. like, okay, so now I have a five thousand dollar trail cam. That's sweet. <laughs> right. There's certain scenarios where it's a neat feature. Um, wildlife and sports. Those types of things probably have some benefit. Maybe like, I don't know if auto capture would work for lightning, but who, maybe landscape photographers could use it somehow. But it's probably like 1% of each of those niches, uh, categories of photographers that could possibly be interested in that feature. But it's still frustrating. I think people have a right to be frustrated by that kind yeah. of behavior. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I, I I don't want that to become a norm uh, no. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Hey, we're thinking about doing all this stuff. This is going to happen. Pre-order now. And then be like, actually, like six of those things will never come. And it's going to be it's on like different. the mark 10. Yeah. I mean, it's different. It would be different if like uh, one of their executives was talking about wanting to see that feature come out with it at some point, but not put it in marketing yeah, and right. market it while pre-orders are live. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of BS. Don't like that. That's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I guess we'll see how that pans out. I hope we, like I said, I hope that's not a norm. Um, I would be yeah. super frustrated. I, I'm going to have to look back into if firmware has come to the, uh, I feel like I would have saw it on sending alpha rumors if it had, but I don't think that's gotten 120 yet. And I think there was other cameras that I saw marketing for where they said like 4K 120 would come in a firmware update. Um, I, I'm going to have to look at that. Like what? I think you're right, but I, I don't remember what. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really don't like the idea of them just saying that and it never being a thing. That's trash. Right. Like that's um, pretty much, yes. It's just bad. There's no yeah. coming back from that in a in a way that, that doesn't help your brand identity, like people trusting the brand. That just sucks. Um, people are still going to be super hyped about the Z8 because it's a great camera, whatever. But for $4,000 plus, $4,300, you put your pre-order in and you have high hopes for everything it packs in and then all of a sudden something's cut. I mean, what if it was just any other feature that was amazing, right? Like, I don't know, like full width 4K, 60P, whatever. I don't know, like full raw recording. Um, Actually like a month later as pre-orders are done and then they're shipping, we are not going to bring that via a firmware update. We just can't do it. Like if it was any other feature, people would be way madder. But this one feature, I think it's yeah. a stepping stone for this kind of behavior and we might see more of it and it sucks. And I'm just calling it now. No, nah, I, like I don't, it. I don't think we will. I, th I think people would get like, if it was one of those more important features, I think people would be apeshit about it. But um, like I said, I haven't even heard that yet. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Feature seems dumb. Press the <laughs> press the button. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I want to be a photographer where I only use AI to edit my stuff. Uh, I use only <laughs> presets, and I don't even press the shutter anymore. I let it auto decide when a photo is worth taking. Uh, well, hit me with okay, a hammer so now, and uh, go right to dystopia because, <laughs> like, I'm good on all that. Okay. 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 Devil's advocate, maybe. Right. Sure. Um, cameras are tools, and not everyone who uses the uses the tool is an artist, right? Like scientists no. use cameras. There are lots of reasons why a person would use a camera, and have find value in a feature such as that. Um, for scientific purposes, that could be like super helpful in different areas. I can imagine. Um, yeah that some scientists don't want to spend $6,000 on a Z9 and would love to see it in a Z8 so they could... I don't know, man. I'm just trying to give you a reason to be excited about it. No, I, I'm I'm with you. It definitely makes sense. There's There's got to be some kind of use case for it. I just like... I guess with... I guess in my head, the implementation is probably really whack and I don't know what the criteria is, like how it works. It sounds silly. It sounds like a really silly, like, not fledged out feature but it could be sick i don't know like if it's like if the exposure changes you know for you know five stops or something it just like triggers or like if it like gets really dark all of a sudden or if it's like if there's fast movement on the frame like if it can how it detects that i have no idea but 
Um, if yeah. It could it could be sick, especially you know if you're talking these super fast cameras, because like do one of these cameras do like one over thirty two thousand like shutter or something? I would um, have to imagine the Z nine would. Yeah, you know, because it's using that crazy electronic shutter. The and they have the same sensor, so I assume that that stack sensor both can do them. it. So both um, of them probably do. Then you're at like. In fact, a, I do believe it's the same exact sensor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. I I guess. You know, one over thirty-two thousandth is a lot faster than one over eight thousand. So, like, there's probably some wild triggering that you can do. I certainly couldn't make the change to snap something that fast, but uh, I take pictures right. of dogs and guns, so um, not often at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, neat. I think for our purposes, our artistic uses, it's not a feature we'd value. Yeah. But I do think that there are people out there who would find value in it. Yeah. Just I'll a like, small number. I'll likely look into it a little bit. Seems odd. Um, anyway, we are coming to the end of our time. I do want to reiterate, we have one more week to do our photo share challenge. Uh, David emailed me his today and did not attach it to the email. So I just what? got the settings he used. <laughs> uh, and, I swear I did. And Maybe no, I did not. <laughs> and no image. It is just what he used and what the settings were. That's my uh, brain, I guess. Uh, so, I will do that. <laughs> so that was pretty sweet and very helpful. You uh, can imagine it, right? Based uh, yeah, on the settings, well, you can just I'm, picture it. I'm just going to plug those settings into mid journey and have them spit me out an image. Please do it. With, with the prompt unseen worlds and your settings. Please, see, I want to see that. Do it, please. See what it does. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. But uh, unseen worlds, the email is in the show description if you want to uh, submit. Um, there were some concerns that uh, some people are completely just lost with what to do with this prompt. Again, it is just whatever those words make you feel. It could be nothing to do with those words, but like it reminded you of a song or a video game. And you went, oh, I'm going to go take this photo. Or maybe you just shot a photo this week and uh, you're going to submit it anyway, despite what the prompt is and <laughs> just going to send it. So do whatever sure. you want to do. We don't care. We just want to look at some art. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. I ain't got nothing else. Yeah, that's it for me too, guys sweet go ahead and you know subscribe and like and maybe review our podcast and share it with a friend who you think might like it or uh send it to somebody who you think will hate it and then they can send us hate emails i'll take that too yeah anything would love to see it all right thanks guys take it easy bye